One of the dopest things about my hunting journey has been the relationships I've been able to form with folks, whether in person or online. Um, the hunting community is filled with people who are more than willing to share information um, by ways of advice and, you know, in hunting tactics and people who are just willing to share their stories, share their experiences. Um, and I love that about this sport. I love that about the the people in this community, in this industry and whatnot. Um, I totally believe that's that's one of the the backbones of this this endeavor, this sport, this journey that a lot of hunters take, you know, is the ability to connect with someone either right next to you or miles away from you. You know, um, today's episode is literally an example of that, you know, a brother that I met online, he invited me to be a guest on his podcast. Um, we had a great conversation and then I had to invite him here, be a guest on mine and just continue that, you know, um, I highly encourage if, if you're not already doing it, um, you know, reach out to to the newer folks out there in the hunting community people that might be doing it on their own and looks like they might have a hard time or people who are just asking questions you might see them posting questions on somebody else's social media page go ahead and you know drop an answer because i know from my experience i love hearing different points of view i might post one question on on instagram and get like 20 different answers you know and it's really great, especially when you're able to take those comments and take it to the next step and maybe start exchanging um, messages with those people and learning more and picking their brains. And then from there, maybe it's an email to maybe a phone call, you know, and who knows, maybe an invite to hunt, you know. Um, but like I said, whether you're the newer person um in search of information don't be afraid to ask questions and if you're the veteran hey just remember at one point in time you were the rookie you know what i'm saying hope you guys enjoy Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of When the Hunt Calls, the only hunting podcast hosted by a middle-aged black guy from New York City. I am said black guy, your host, Cliff Cadet, and uh, sitting with me today is none, none other than DeAndre Reed, a.k.a. Trey, a.k.a. the dreaded Archer. What's going on, brother? Oh, man, everything's pretty good. We got a little bit of snow here in South Dakota, so... Just uh, had, was outside shoveling snow for a little bit before I hopped on the show. Dang, South Dakota, South Dakota. Sound, I mean, that's like, while I've been there before, you know what I'm saying? It's it's just way different. Like, it's funny because, let's see, over here in New York on Sunday, it hit like 70-something degrees. Monday was just about the same. And then Tuesday, the temperatures dropped to the 40s. And then today we had rain and snow. So it's crazy, brother. 
Oh, dude, in South Dakota, you can have all three seasons in a matter of an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you can get up in the morning and it's raining. Then you might get a tornado warning probably about two hours later. Probably about five hours later, you got snow on the ground. <laughs> and then okay. in another hour, it's 80 degrees outside. So in the spring, it can, it can, you can get a mix of all kind of different weather. Wow. So in here in New York, we call what we had over the weekend, we call that fake spring. You know what I'm saying? Because so, it's literally... Yeah, exactly. Be like, oh, you almost got it. Like that, that insurance commercial. <laughs> oh, but um, yo, man, I mean, I, I'm having you on today mainly because, um, dude, um, I'm digging your vibe. I follow you on Instagram. I like your content. Um, you invited me to be on your podcast, which again, thank you for. I had a blast. Um, oh, yeah. you know, talking with you. And um, what was dope is you know it's a good conversation when even after you stop recording. You still stay on the phone for a while, just yeah, chopping it up. Talking. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, like I said, between your social media, our conversation and whatnot, it's you have a dope vibe, a dope energy about you. I wanted you have you. I wanted to have you on my podcast and and just get the opportunity to let folks learn about you. So tell tell everybody a little bit, you know, about yourself. All right. Well, you know, as Cliff said, my name is uh, DeAndre, but most people call me Trey. That's kind of how I know who really know me and who don't. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you call me Trey, I know we go way back. But um, I, I uh, but I also go by the dreaded Arthur as of you know a couple couple years ago when I started my whole uh, archery journey and um, archery and hunting journey. But um, I'm originally from uh, Texarkana, Texas. If if you guys don't know where that is, it's on the uh, the northeast corner of Texas on the border of Arkansas. So actually in my city, you can actually stand in both states. We have a road called State Line. So you can be on one side of the road, you're in Texas, or you can stand on the other side of the road and you're in Arkansas. And then downtown it actually meets up and uh, you can stand in both states. Texas and that's, Arkansas. That's dope. The only the only thing we have similar here is that there's a there's a the borderline in Brooklyn and Queens is you could walk one block being Brooklyn, next block being Queens then continue walking next block and you're back in Brooklyn again. That's the closest <laughs> thing we have we have to yes, that. Wow. <laughs> you know say it doesn't sound as you know as dope as you put it, you know, being in two states at the same, you know, same time, but it's it's close. It's close. Oh definitely. But, uh, you know, I've only been to New York like two or three times and I've never got to Brooklyn. I've never got to Harlem. I never got to the Bronx. I don't I don't, I've never gotten past Times Square. Okay, so yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you you meant you said you know you mentioned all those places. I was about to ask you, have you been to New York or New York City? Because there's a difference for us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We get we get a lot of people sometimes who who live upstate New York and try to claim us and be like, nah nah nah, you ain't from <laughs> you ain't from around here. New York City is a whole different monster than uh than the rest of the state. But um, you so you've been to New York City before. Yeah, uh, when I was in the Navy, we uh, we would go to Fleet Week, uh, and we would yes. uh, and we'd be down Times Square. We'd go to a show on Broadway. I think the time I was there, we went to see In the Heights. Mm, so, so this so is that, recent. In the Heights had, uh, it hasn't been out that long, but no, 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 no. This is this is before um the new one came out. This is like this was a uh this was back in like two thousand. Mm, oh, 2010 mm -hmm. 
and we we saw that on I think it was called In the Heights. I think it's what In the Heights. I can't, I can't remember what we saw. I, it it might have been In the Heights or it might have been something else. We saw that on Broadway. Let me ask you: Was it about a whole bunch of Hispanic people? Yeah, because the dude, the guy's name was Usnavi, and they wanted to know why they called him Usnavi, and it's because his parents saw it said um, U.S. Navy uh-huh. <laughs> or something like that. And yeah. I remember when they said that we all like went crazy in the in the audience, but it might have been uh, called. I think I think it was in the Heights. I can't quite remember. Well, but, uh, not for, not for nothing. Like the joke like that uh, has its roots in reality because. I know of somebody named Usmail, right? Yeah. Which is U.S. male. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, my dude. Yes, my dude. That's where his parents got it from. Oh, that's that's wild. But hey, but it's, it's cool though. It, it gives you a story to tell. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, how'd you end up? I mean, you're you're from Texas originally. How'd you end up in South Dakota? So actually, my my job moved me here. So. Um, I, I I have a I have a crazy background, so kind of just go back a little bit. What led me here? So when I graduated high school, before graduating high school, I was heavily recruited for football, and Ooh, okay. then my senior year, first game, I got hurt, broke my ankle, and I lost like all my scholarships, basically. Dang. Well, yeah, it was. I remember. I still we everybody in my family we call it Black Monday because like that Monday morning. All the way up until like seven o'clock that night, every time my phone rang, it was a school calling telling me, "Hey, you know, we gotta, you know, take our scholarship back." Damn. So it was like, "Oh, you know that, like that sucked." But mm-hmm. there was one coach down in North Texas, the, the University of North Texas. He actually sent my highlight tape to the coach at the Naval Academy, and immediately they um, began recruiting me. And then right after the Navy came, Army came, then Air Force. So I was like, "Well." At least I'm gonna end up at a service academy, which is fine because mm-hmm. you know I had the grades for it and everything. Well, I ended up was, going, huh? And this was even after the injury; these armed forces schools wanted to recruit you. Yep, even even after the injuries, and uh, that's what's up. So it was like, you know, I'm I'm going to a uh, I'm going to a service academy, and then like once other schools started finding out that you know Army, Navy, Air Force was going were started recruiting me. Then they started coming back to the table like, well, maybe his injury is not that bad. But at that point, it was like, hey, you guys basically label me as, you know, damaged good. So I'm going to go with the people who stuck with me or who either stuck with me or decided to join in or recruit me after my injury. So I ended up going to Navy and I played football there for three years. And after my third year, I was like, you know what? I really don't like it as much as I thought I would. So I ended up transporting mm-hmm. to Southern Arkansas and I played football there. And that's where I actually got introduced to hunting is when I got to Southern Arkansas. Oh, uh, so so wait, you didn't grow up hunting? It's something you started later on in life? Yeah. So with hunting, like my dad, him and his and his side of his family, they hunted. No one on my mo- mother's side hunted. So growing up, I remember like going to my dad's house and like, hey, do I, you know, I want to go hunting. And I'd see him getting ready and everything. And he'd be like, oh, you're not old enough yet. And that this is like, I'm like five or six. I'm like, you know, I got friends that are five or six that are hunting. So he told me, if I get you a BB gun and you learn to shoot that, I'll take you hunting. So that Christmas, I got a BB gun. And immediately, I mean, I didn't open any of my other presents. I immediately took that BB gun outside. I started shooting cans, um, 
light posts, birds, ain't squirrels, anything I could shoot with that BB gun, I was shooting. And I perfected it. Not not for nothing, but I hear BB gun and you're you're the starting of your adventure right now reminds me of that Christmas movie. Um a Christmas <laughs> you story. You shoot your eye. Oh yeah. Hey, I hey, I did my dad my dad did give me safety goggles, so I was not worried about shooting my eye out. <laughs> All right. That's right. what's up. That's what's up. Safety first. Right. So um so like that that Christmas all the way even like all the way to the spring. I was shooting my BB gun and that next fall came. I'm thinking I'm going hunting. Nope, didn't go hunting, but my dad did give me some hunting boots, some uh, waterproof duck boots. Mm-hmm. So around that time, I started playing football and I was basically, I started losing interest in hunting because he was never going to, like, I, I had made up in my mind that he wasn't going to take me hunting. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start playing football. So boom, start playing football and basically, blocked out hunting like the basically until i got to southern arkansas and that's when i met one of my best friends name was uh rex rex hayes and he was like hey man you ever been duck hunting and i was like nope and he was like well let's go this weekend so he basically walked me through the whole process on how to get you know your federal waterfowl stamp and your your, your state your state tag your license and all that so we did that now the funny story is the first time we go out Duck hunting. Now, do you know much about like duck hunting down in Arkansas? Nah, I barely know about duck hunting up here. So, right, I, so. I, I, yo, the extent of my of my duck hunting knowledge is limited to literally Nintendo and that and that the, the little dog laughing at me when I miss. Hey, be, before I went, that was all I knew about duck hunting was uh, <laughs> duck hunting and a little dog pop up laughing at you. Yep. So, down in Arkansas. You actually get out in the timber in the water. So you wear waders and the waders you're probably in about, you know, for me, I'm a short guy. So the water's probably about midway up to my stomach. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little lower than that. So I got the decoys. We're walking in and I'm I'm already terrified because I'm afraid of the dark. I'm like, uh, we are here at four o'clock in the morning and we're in water up to our waist. But you know what? It's whatever. And it, it was cold too. So I'm like, you know, when, when you're kind of terrified, not say terrified, when you're kind of scared, you're paying attention to a little bit of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. So we're walking in and I see these two like big trees. Well, uh, no, they wouldn't even trees. They were like um, like telephone posts that got put in the water that's flooded. Mm-hmm. So we start to walk between that and Rex is in front of me and he kind of reaches out. He's like, hey, man, there's a log right here. Step over this log so you know you won't fall because if water getting your waders, you know, it, it's it, you almost drown. Mm. So I'm like, all right, you know what I'm saying? So I'm walking, he he walks over the log. So I step, I kick it, and like high up, that's that's the log there. Step over it, boom, we go hunting. So we're on our way back. And I see him walking and he look he looks back at me. I'm I'm thinking he's looking back at me to see like, oh, is he is he still there? So I see the two, the two posts, and he just kind of he stops and then he just walks straight through the post, like straight between them. Mm-hmm. And now my my red flags go up. I'm like, wait a minute, he didn't step over like he did the la- that last time. So I get there and I start feeling for the the log. Cliff, there ain't no log there. 
Where'd it go? So that's what I thought. There was a log here when we came through this morning. So we get to the truck. And I said, hey, man. We walked through them posts. And uh, earlier, and there was a log there. And the log was not there when we came through. He goes, man, I'm going to be honest with you. That was probably a gator. But I didn't oh, want to say no. I didn't want to say nothing to you because I knew you was gonna go back to the truck. <laughs> oh hell no! <laughs> so the the whole ride home, I'm mad because the only thing I can think of is that movie Lake Placid and just getting just swallowed <laughs> up by a gator. And he was like, "Look, dude, you can look it up online. When it's really cold like this, the gators basically shut down. They don't even bite or nothing. They just they're trying to conserve all the energy." And he was nah, he was right. Man. He was right, but I still didn't want to be in that environment with that gator. <laughs> I don't care, my dude. I don't care if it's like, nah, be that yeah. yo. That would have ended my friendship with him right there. <laughs> but it's crazy because like Rex is the only person who can get me like out my comfort zone. He's the only person who's been able to get me out of my comfort zone and has me doing all kind of wild stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, like even like going like um like coyote hunting and and hog hunting, and he just like, hey man, trust me, everything's gonna be good, and I'll just do it because I like, I know he knows more about the woods than I do, <laughs> but I always like if it were, if it was anybody else I wouldn't do it, <laughs> but he uh he he seems to get me out of my comfort zone, but. We uh that year we duck hunted every day and that was kind of like my first introduction to hunting. And then he was like, "Hey man, let's let's hog hunt." We started doing that, and then once I we graduated college, I just gave up. Like basically, we me and him would go duck hunting maybe once, twice a year, and that mm -hmm. was it. And um, when I was in college, uh, R.J. Reynolds, who I worked for, they recruited me. And I got all the way to like the top of like the last interview and I didn't get hired. So they told me like, hey, go you know, get your master's degree and we'll come we'll come look at you in a, in a year. And I'm thinking they're not going to come look at me. So I ended up going to work at a community college and I actually really enjoyed that job. Mm -hmm. Well, um, one day me and my boss, we got into it over selfie sticks and T-shirts. And he thought that, you know, high school kids. They would love selfie sticks. I'm like, no, nah, dude, it's one, it's cheaper to get T-shirts and it's free advertising for the school and the kids get a free T-shirt. We came to an agreement on T-shirts. I went on vacation. When I came back, there was selfie sticks in my office. And I was like, you know what? I'm done for the day. I'm going home. I was really, like really pissed off. As I'm leaving the office, I get a phone call from RJ Reynolds saying, hey, we looked at your resume. We see that you're working on getting your master's. How about you reapply and coming in for interview long story short i go home send in my resume send in my resume i apply again and then a month later um they hired me in a uh they originally hired me for the san jose california territory mm -hmm. so they came and moved all my stuff they packed out my entire uh my, my entire house and i'm getting ready to move like in a week and they called me and go hey we actually we skipped the uh, Sioux Falls territory over in South Dakota. Would you mind going to South Dakota? And I'm like, yeah, like, that's cool. It's cheaper than California. So I ended up in South Dakota. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, so what was, so you've mentioned 
you know, you've been duck hunting, you've been hog hunting. Um, now I, I think uh, it's safe to say, uh, safe to assume you recently picked up a bow. Yeah. Uh, three, about four, uh, four years ago now. All right. And what led to that was, so I've played football my, um, almost my entire life, you know, from six all the way to, to 25, I played football. And I'd already started feeling kind of like this, like it's emptiness. Like every like it usually comes right around like midsummer when I would really start working out and stuff. And it's like my body's like, hey man, we got we gotta get ready for the season. And it's like, hey, there ain't no season. Mm. So I had this like void and then I got into this like real bad like depression where I was basically dealing with some like I say like a minor um identity crisis, like who am I? Like, you know, people know like knew me as Trey, the football player. Now I'm just trade with a regular nine to five. And I'm seeing like guys that I played, you know, college football with getting drafted. It was a point where I couldn't even watch college. I couldn't watch any college football. I couldn't watch any football at all. High school, NFL, none of that. I just wouldn't watch it. So yeah. I would see guys that I played with that made it to the league. And I'm like, you know, that, that could have been me. And just real mild depression. So I, I was trying to find something that would fill it. So I tried golfing. That didn't help. Um, and then I, it got to the point where I was like drinking like heavily, like a lot, just trying mm-hmm. to just get over this depression. And um, so for my job, I drive around town. I go into gas stations. I meet with managers and owners and all that. And north of town, I would always go go over the highway and I would see this um, this building that was like off in the woods. And then, like, in front of it, y'all would see these, like, targets and stuff. I'm like, what is this place? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and I've always had this thing when I was little. So I, when my mom would drive me around town, we would, like, there's places I would want to go to, but I couldn't go to because I couldn't drive. And she wasn't going to stop there. So once I, once I was able to drive, I started going to places that I've never been. If I drive by and I'm interested in, I'm just going to go in and just, you know, just look. So one day on my, uh, it was a weekend. I'm driving and I'm I drive by it again. I'm like, I got nothing to do. I'm gonna go in there. So I just find my way in, boom, find the the, the dirt road that leads to it because it goes back into the woods. And I see archery outfitters. And I'm like, archery, man. That's got something to do with a bow or something. So I was like, whatever. So I go in and immediately I meet this guy named Ken. And uh he's like, Hey man, how can I help you? And I'm like, Hey, I'm just I just I've driven by this place, you know, several times since I've been here and I just wanted to come in and see what it, you know, what it was about. And um, he was like, well, what do you know about archery? And I was like, nothing. So he immediately starts just showing me all the bows they have, giving me the history on archery, you know, the difference between a compound bow, a long bow, a recurve, uh, crossbows, even though that's controversial. Some people say crossbows aren't part of archery. Mm. But he's giving me the history, and the next thing I know, I was uh, – I was buying a bow, buying arrows and everything. They helped me get uh, get my draw length. They cut my arrows for me, and I spent. I got there at like like three o'clock that afternoon, and I didn't leave until like nine o'clock that night. I just sat there, and my my shoulder is sore, but I'm just still pulling that bow back and shooting because the first time I shot that bow, it gave it, it gave me this feeling like this is almost like i don't know like i was getting prepared for something mm. and um 
then the guy told him like, hey, you know, you can. So I, I started getting, I started getting pretty good, and then as I, the longer I kept shooting, my shots just started going all over the place. And he was like, hey, you're getting tired, just chill out. So I chilled, and you know, it's like nine o'clock. But me and the owner Kim, we're just still sitting there just talking, and he's just kind of just filling me up with all this knowledge of archery. So I go home and. I started looking up different archers and watching YouTube videos and all, YouTube videos and all that. And I'm just like really getting engulfed in it. The next day they opened up at nine o'clock. I was there at 845. Ready to wow. shoot my bow again. Yep. And I shot all the way till lunch. When they got some lunch, came back and shot till they closed at five. And from that point on, every single day for a year and a half, I was in that shop every single day except Monday because they're not open on Mondays. That's that's what's up, B, because you know what's funny is is what I'm kind of like, what I think about your story right now is so dope is that you had a spot to go to where they were so welcoming and right. so forthcoming with sharing knowledge because the first spot I went to out here, it was kind of like um, if you didn't buy your, your equipment from them, they really didn't want nothing to do with you. Right. You know thing. Then the second, then the second spot, uh, you know, range I went to, it was one of the, you know, there was a lot of young cats in there, and you ever walk into a um a business or something like that where like everybody knows each other and it's kind of like you got you you gotta feel you gotta be like one of the cool cats in order to be able to get some kind of service. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And, Especially just uh, crowbar your way into the conversation. Yeah, exactly. And and that's how the second it, it took a third range for me to go to that. I felt I honestly felt welcome. And like this range, it don't matter if you come with your own equipment or you buy from them. Yo, they're willing to just share all their knowledge. Like I even went like um, I had my arrows made there. Right. um, Last year. But then this year I went in there and I bought equipment to build my own arrows and they're fine with that. They don't think that they're losing a customers you know that's going to be uh paying for arrows there instead they they're looking at a, a new person that they can pass knowledge on to and like they walk me through how to fletch my arrows how to put the glue on the veins like like all of that and it's so refreshing and it's so refreshing to hear you know like someone else have an experience like that but from the jump you know what i'm right. saying not having to deal, deal deal with attitudes to begin with you know so that's pretty cool so How'd you make the jump from, you know, shooting archery to, to Bohan? So um, it was just hanging out in the shop and just kind of just uh, the year that I got my bow, I was like, you know what? I, I already had in my mind I was going to hunt because uh, mm. South Dakota just has a ton of hunting land, like uh, a public land to hunt on. And a lot of the guys that I run into at gas stations, they all hunt. So they was always talking about it. like, I'm, I'm going to go out and hunt. So that year, I didn't use my bow. I used a rifle, and I got a doe. So nice. just hanging out at the archery shop after I shot my doe, and they're like, "Oh man, you got your first doe." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it wasn't with a bow." And they're like, "We don't care, man. You introduce, you gotta introduce the hunting. Now go get one with your bow." So then, just kind of sitting around listening to them talk about their, you know, their season with archery. I was like, "Well, I don't got, I don't got a story. So now I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get into uh, archery hunting." So, uh, I basically the owner, like I said, his name is Kim. I would just sit and talk to him just about hunting, and he has a trophy room that's out of this world. I mean, he has some, some 
crazy bucks, um, a ton of bears, turkeys, all that. And he's just kind of telling me, just give me the game. You know, this is what you got to do. Go out and scout. Um, you know, a lot. And he's he's a guy that's he's more of a traditionalist archery. He loves mm-hmm. the the, uh, the recurve and the longbow, but you know he knows that you know a lot of, a lot of people use a compound bow. So he's kind of giving me the game on both, and he's telling me everything. You know, go out, scout. Um, you know, practice. Um, at you know 50 60 yards but you don't want to take a shot that's no that's really no more than 25 or 30 yards just basically just give me the game and uh that next year uh, i I applied for my archery tag and that's another thing in south dakota we do a draw when it comes to a hunting season so if you do a rifle you might get a tag that year you might not with Mm -hmm. archery it is guaranteed you're going to get a tag Really, you guaranteed to get a tag. Not that many people bow hunt out there. No, it's not that. It's just um, the state sees that bow hunting is a lot harder, so oh, they yeah. uh, so they basically guarantee. So you know what? We there's not there's, there's really not that many bow hunters in in the state. I think there's like twenty thousand. No, I think the state has like twenty thousand bow hunters in the state, maybe. And so they guarantee you guarantee the tag. Um, and our state is split up by the Missouri River. So you got the East River and you got uh West River, which is where mm-hmm. all like Mount Rushmore is and all that. So you can get either the East River tag and the West River tag, so you can hunt both sides of the river, or you can just get one statewide tag and that'll allow you to hunt all over the state, but you only get one. So if you pick East and West River, you can get two tags. If you go the statewide, you get one. Okay. So I just uh like I said, late that um like that spring and summer leading up to that that fall for the hunt season, all I did was just watch YouTube videos. Uh I got a subscription to um my outdoors, start watching all different hunting shows, uh mm-hmm. just trying to learn as much as I possibly can about it and the first year i didn't i didn't get anything but just being out there in my ground blind and just i mean i I had deer at like 30 40 yards i just wasn't comfortable taking those kind of shots so just watching them and it just, it just gave me a passion kind of like it it filled that void that i had like from the time i walked into the archery shop until the time that i got in the blind the first time that the next season Every day it, it seemed like my like my cup was getting full, like that void was getting filled. And I was like, this is it. Like, even though I didn't get anything that season, I'm like, this is what I this is what I want to do. Wow, that that's what's up, B, because it again, it's like to start from from you know, a positive experience at a range, you know, at a bow shop to to kind of being mentored in a way and and supported you know, in that, you know, positive, in a, such a, in a, such a positive manner, um, to that, you, to the point that you feel comfortable. And even the fact that you have enough knowledge and you know yourself well enough that even though you have deer in range, you know what your skill level is, right? You can say what your skill set is to know that 
this isn't going to be an ethical shot. I'm going to just fall back and, and pass. That's what's up. Oh, yeah. So, it, it was it was hard because there were some days where like I saw some nice bucks. I'm like, man, I can I could give it a shot. But I was like, yeah, but if I if I drop my shoulder or I flinch or something and, you know, I, I hit him in the, the back hind quarter, or I, I hit him too high. Like I'm going to wound I'm going to wound that deer. I'm like, I'm just not going to take the shot. I'm going to wait. Till I, I'm just going to take what I learned this season. And then during the off season, I'm going to just basically like just practice, 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 practice. My goal was to, to shoot at least 50 arrows a night. Damn. So I was going to the range and I was shooting, I would shoot uh, probably about 10 or 15 arrows in the, only in the indoor range. It's only 20 yards. So I would shoot there and then I'd go outside and I would shoot a couple at 30, a couple at 40, a couple at um, 50. But I started noticing like I between 20 and 45 yards, I'm good. Anything after that, I'm not. So what mm-hmm. I did was I started practicing at 50 and 60 yards. And once I started, you know, getting uh, really tight groups at 50 and 60, well, then everything else in the middle, you know, or everything else below that just kind of came, came, came easy. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I've heard that, like, you somebody will shoot 10, 20 yards and be okay. But then if they go ahead and, and get dialed into 50 and 60 and shoot that distance first, it's, it's funny. It's, uh, some people will, when they're practicing, they'll be like, all right, I'm going to shoot at 10. I'm going to shoot at 20 and then just keep increasing the distance. But it's kind of like if you start out, like if you're if you're sighted, you know, what I'm saying you're just practicing and you start out shooting, you know, whatever your night is that you're practicing, you start out shooting 50 or 60 and then bring it in closer as your your session your shooting session goes you find like once you get to 20 it's like bong it's like tens all day it, it just uh, like a chip shot like 10 20 yeah 10 or 20 is a chip shot but it, the thing is it's a chip shot when you own a range because you're shooting at a bag or a, a 3d target now when you're actually in the woods and you got that that buck or that doe to come out at you know 20 30 yards that chip shot turns into it turns into something else because you're like all right now you got your nerves working against you you got um what you call it uh you know the wind you, know, you got the wind you got so much going against you you know your heart rate is, is uh, pumping so it's not just a chip shot so my thing is if i can practice at uh like 60 and 50 yards hopefully you know my accuracy will, inc- will increase at you know 30 uh, 20 and 30 and everything else that's all the emotions and stuff that's going along with it i can overcome that by just you know keep continuing to keep practicing that's what's up bro man like congrats to you with with one finding that thing that helped fill that void for you and and help you figure out you know who you are what you want to do and so on um and again you know having that support um one of the things i want to bring up is um your podcast man i feel like you've taken it now to another level um you know saying you you started out finding this activity a, a new passion for you know for a new sport right 
you you have people supporting you you learn about yourself um you know in in what you can and can't do and then developing and strengthening the necessary skills to get out there but now this new level you've started you know your podcast the dreaded the the dreaded archer podcast and now you're reaching outside even further out of your you know your hunting community and and speaking with you know people way outside of that what's that been like like now kind of stepping out a little your your circle what's that first of all what inspired the podcast so what inspired the podcast is um so me and my brother we ha- we actually have our own podcast called the read talk and listen podcast and we mm-hmm. talk about sports politics basically so when my brother went off to college you know he had never been been away from home before mm-hmm. so he would call me every day and we would just have these conversations just talk you know mm-hmm. and it became a thing like every morning at eight o'clock we'd be on the phone just talking and we would start bringing up you know we would go from talking about sports and all of a sudden he started getting into politics i started getting into politics so it just really started snowballing and he was like man i think people want it would people like to hear this so we just kind of started our own podcast and it just kind of blew up well during while we were doing our podcast he would always ask me like hey you know what's going on in the hunting world and I would just kind of just start, you know, just talking. And people were like, hey, man, you should do your own podcast. You should have your own podcast. And I, I held it off forever. And, and he stayed on me for about a year and a half. Like, yo, you need to, like, let people, like, start talking. Well, I can't do a podcast by myself and just sit and talk to nobody. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I was like, well, why not just talk to people about their hunting experience? Like, are there other people out there like me who, you know, wasn't raised up hunting and found it later on? So I just started reaching out to people. Well, actually, let me let me go back. I actually the Dreaded Archer podcast actually was going to start with me finding people that were athletes who were who were former athletes and they found hunting as their void to fill their void. And the I, it actually was it was hard finding people like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I found a, I found a couple people, but uh, they they really didn't want to get on the podcast and talk. So I was like, well, I'll just talk to other hunters and see what their experience is like. So then it started out with just you know like other you know people of color, other black people like me. And then I was like, well, I don't just hunt with black people. I hunt with everybody. I I I don't I don't think hunting is a race thing. So I want to talk to a little bit of everybody. So I just started reaching out to people and just say, hey, you know, I seen your page. I like what you do. I want to talk and talk to you, see how you, you know, got involved in it. And it just kind of just, it just took off. And and and, it, and it, is it as big as I would like it to be? Nope. But I think it's, I I, I like where I'm at right now because I I I don't not you know, uh, I don't got a million followers or you don't even got a thousand <laughs> followers yet, you know. But uh, but it, the conversations it, is just I just love it. That's just talking to people and uh, learning a little bit of everything. I totally agree. And and the thing is, you know what it is? It'll come be the the following, the the subscribers and all that'll come. I if you continue down the road you're on now, you know what I'm saying? Just being yourself, your genuine self, um, you know, 
uh, bringing on people you want to have conversations with. That's that's what I try to do. It's not necessarily about um, people I think my listeners might want to hear from. It's really people that I want to talk to and kind of pick their brains a little bit, learn about them. And if my if my listeners uh, like it, cool. If not, you know what? I still had a dope conversation with dope right. guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, how many how many episodes in are you already? That so how many episodes that. have you recorded so far? Nine. Nine. Um, so it's a relatively a short amount of time because you put out what like one episode a week. Yeah, we have one a week, and I've just I I would have I would have more, but like work has gotten so crazy, so and people's schedules are kind of uh, kind of off so i i would have more but to write like i rather you know i don't want to rush a show you know what i mean some guys like hey i can do one at at midnight i'm like i don't want to be up at midnight <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to be up at midnight man because i get up at four at 4 30 and go to the gym so i got i gotta get my sleep in but um yeah i, I just want to have like nice quality conversations so like the people that i if, if it's somebody that i want to talk to mm-hmm. And then the next one that I want to do, I won't do a show until I do a show with that person because, oh, wow. yeah, I won't. I'll wait. That's what's up. And and that's and that's just because if I'm like, all right, this guy don't have time, so I'm gonna go to somebody else. I'll still be thinking about the conversation I can have with that person. What, what I'm gonna do with that person? Like where we're gonna go? So I'll just wait. And I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a big sponsor or network to say, hey, you got to get this content out. So I'm just gonna move move at my own pace. That's what's up. And and that's what you know what it is. It's I don't know how many brothers there are out there putting out hunting hunting content like that, especially podcasts. Um there was there was this one brother, Adam Bryant, um, real cool dude. I think you you would like him a lot. Um he had a podcast called the Bryant, it's called the Bryant Land Podcast. It's still out there. He hasn't but he hasn't recorded any new content in a while. Unfortunately, um you know I'm saying he he stopped recording sometime last year um if you i highly recommend you go back and listen to his stuff really really great guy really dope content um but aside from us i don't know any brothers really putting out any hunting podcasts no you know i'm saying that uh, there's um Oh, there's uh, Charles the Hunter at Campfire Evolution. He he puts out a show, but it, he hadn't been putting out uh many podcasts. He just does a lot of like TikTok videos and yeah, and uh and Instagram. Um, that was a dope interview. That was a dope interview, by the way. I oh yeah, and like- you know, and he actually wants to do something. Uh, he's like, hey, man, we, we gotta do something like once a week. But then his son was born uh two weeks ago. So yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's been spending time with his his family and and his his, his new son his newborn son. So I was like, hey, I'm not spending time with your family, man. That's more important than doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm well. I'm just waiting to see him on Naked and Afraid. I know. Hey, he hey he's about he's all about it, man. <laughs> yeah, you see that right? And one of the thing one of the funny things you brought up is because remember I think I um I told you about it as well, and we all said you said it even on your podcast. I think they're sending that that audition information to every black person that they know. Yep. <laughs> they are. I, I, I was like, cause he told me, I was like, I think I've got something like that. And then I remember the message you sent me. And I was like, well, Cliff got one. 
And then I went back and looked like, oh, they sent me one a couple months ago. <laughs> it, it seems like they've been Googling black bow hunters <laughs> and try to and try to figure it out. But, um, man, you know, listen, it's I, I enjoy your content. I enjoy, you know, uh, on Instagram. I enjoy your podcast. Um, I'm really enjoying watching this journey that you're on, man. And knowing, you, you know, what I'm saying too many, too many times, you know, there there are people of color who who probably fall into i guess a mental rut or are dealing with you know certain mental issues and probably have a lot harder time you know than you would have you know what i'm saying and probably don't get the opportunity to find something to make them feel whole again right you know what i'm saying um it's dope that you you were able to do so you know what i'm saying and i'm just having fun watching you brother i'm, I'm i just want to see you blow up um so you know what to round this out um you know because i don't know about you but i'm home with the family <laughs> after a long day of work first of all you know what i forgot to do i forgot to thank you because i know i kind of i kind of flaked on you last week you know what i'm saying because you, oh, you no, were recording good, with, with me <laughs> and then, so i appreciate you giving me this uh second opportunity to you know uh sit and speak with you so um, like I said, to round this out, please tell everybody where they can find your content. All right. Well, you can find uh, find my Instagram at uh, da underscore dreaded archer seventeen on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, and it's just my name, DeAndre Reed. That's D E A N D R E Reed R E E D. Um, you can find the Dreaded Archer podcast basically on any platform that streams podcasts, uh, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, what you call it, uh, Stitcher, Pandora, basically anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find a Dreaded Archer podcast, and uh, and then uh, YouTube is just the Dreaded Archer podcast on YouTube as well. You got it. All right. So to my listeners, um, if you are interested in seeing more of Trey, listening to him as well, um, you know, listening to his podcast. I will put links to for you to guys for you guys to follow him on Instagram, to uh, subscribe to his podcast, subscribe to his YouTube channel. Links for all of that will be available in the show notes. Also, right. oh, and um, I know I put out a post a while ago saying that I for the month of March I'll be doing a video building a bow. Well, I got the bow and everything, but i'm new to all this like technology stuff trying to edit videos and <laughs> stuff together so i may have to push that back but um if you if you're interested and you want to win a bow i'll be doing a series um uh, i'm building a uh it's called a, it's a bear legit it's, it's mm -hmm. basically a, start, a good starter bow that somebody can grow into and i'll be basically building it from the ground up and then once i'm done building it i'll just be giving it away you don't got to buy a raffle ticket you don't got none of that all you guys do is just follow the page, leave a comment, and that'll that'll give you a a, a chance to win it. I uh, look at you giving back to the hunting community. So oh, yeah. So you you build you purchase a bow. You're gonna be building it from from the ground up, building this bow, only to give it away. Yep. That is what's up. That's what's up. All right, yep. brother. That's what's up. All right, man. Listen, thank you again for for giving me this this second chance at uh you know. Uh, this conversation, man. I truly appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Hey, I, I was I, I know how life get it gets busy because sometimes I'll have stuff scheduled and and work will start getting crazy. I'm like, up. Oh, I was supposed to be there and do this, but 
hey, sometimes you got to move stuff around. Facts, facts. All right, brother, man, you have a good night. You too. Thank you. All right. Peace. All right. Got to say thank you to Trey again for taking the time out to sit and talk with me. Hope you guys enjoyed listening in on that conversation. Don't forget to follow Dre on Instagram. Um, I will post a link to his Instagram page in the show notes. Also, subscribe to his podcast. Give it a listen. I don't believe you'll regret it. Um, And I believe he's got a YouTube channel. I'll put that up as well. All right. Hope you guys again enjoy this podcast. If you're a first time listener, hit subscribe. Feel free to share. And also, don't forget to hit the ad. Re- <laughs> I'm keeping that part in. Um, don't forget to head over to the review section of this podcast. Hook a brother up with a five star rating. If you're feeling truly generous, go ahead and write a dope review. Um, and that's all, folks. All right. Don't forget, y'all stay blessed and remember to respect the journey even when it's not your own.